Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Confession. I carry a lot of damage with me. But I think we all do. And I want to talk about that. And I want to keep this to 20 minutes because, you know, because artificial timelines, they make it better sometimes. So, (laughs) so let's talk about the damage that you carry around. And I want to be pretty fucking specific about the damage that happens as a result of being socialized as a female and as a result of um, the ensuing need for women to have no needs. Very, very important. So damage, first of all, we're not allowed to have needs. And if you have needs, well, you shouldn't have needs. That's important to note. Um, So yesterday I spent hours and hours and hours, like seven hours. You can hear the tired in my voice socializing. And today I woke up like, I do not want to see anybody. I do not. Um, So I, you know, hit my escape pod jettison of the car. (laughs) Like I need need a minute to fill up with all the juice that I spent being super, super social with friends, with my landlord, with Bear. And we were at a festival and festivals like thousands of people, which is another level of social, just navigating thousands of people, uh, crowded onto past Yonk Avenue in Philadelphia. Um, it was really good to see commerce like booming and it was beautiful and also just exhausting. And oddly enough, my brain was like, no, you can't, you can't do that. You can't need that. (laughs) It's like, but I do. Yeah, but you shouldn't. You should. Ooh, there's that word that very rarely comes up for me anymore, but it's there. You should be able to socialize for seven or eight hours and not need to refill your tank in order to then socialize and be with people today, which is a lie. That's not how introverts work. And especially at like the festival level, that's a lot of people and it's going to take a recharge. Like even Tesla's Eventually they run out of battery and you got to plug them back in. And my battery was done. So I had to plug it back in. But good girl conditioning and being socialized as female says, uh, you should be selfless. Glennon Doyle does great work on that in Untamed, the book. And selfless means that you have no self, i.e. you have no needs, you have no wants, you have no desires. You take up as little space as possible. So watching that my desire to take up enough space to just get what I need, nothing extra, nothing over the top. 
I'm not like hopping on a plane to France for three weeks by myself to recharge. We're talking like a latte, some avocado toast, and a drive through Philadelphia until such time as I can pull over to talk to you as I listen to a podcast. That's the extent of the recharge that's needed. And my first impulse was, mm, you shouldn't need that. So just noticing, where does that happen for you? Very basic, like two hours, less than $10, and you're not allowed to have it. Fascinating. Fascinating. Where does that happen for you? And can we stop that? And then there's been damage I've noticed as I'm taking sort of a bunch of classes. I'm in like a big learning and absorbing phase. I've noticed that there's damage to whenever you ask, typically, I'm, I'm going to frame all of this as whenever you ask females. And what I mean by that is people have been socialized, they have a vagina and they've been socialized as female growing up. That's how I have to define it because that's how culture has defined it up until now. And um, frankly, being trans didn't exist as far as I know. And like, like there were not seven-year-old trans kids when I grew up. Because that just wasn't, just it just didn't fucking exist. So I understand that the terminology is fraught. And the way that I'm defining it is, there's a set of things that happen to you, if you're like 30-ish, 40-ish, that happened because you had a vagina. And that might be changing now, but that was not the case then. There's a very clear set of good girl conditioning that has to happen. You can't have any needs was the first one. And the second was that you sort of, even your imagination and your desire got sort of beaten with a stick. And what I mean by that is if I say, I want to own three ponies, then my parents' response, you can almost like, ugh, would be, but that's not realistic. It doesn't matter what I wanted because we were poor as fuck. That was not realistic. And even when I was like, I want to not worry about money, then the answer was like, literally my mom was like, marry a doctor or a lawyer. It was not become a doctor or a lawyer, though I was smart enough to do those things, but I couldn't do either one of them for moral and bodily fluid reasons. Beside the point, we didn't know that. I was seven. Consistently, like even my dreaming of I could have my own money, I could be financially independent, marry a doctor or a lawyer. And of course, the doctor and the lawyer were male, obviously, obviously. That's implied here. This is a heteronormative order. My God, if my mom had even considered me marrying a woman, that's, that would be so progressive. <laughs> she would fall over. <laughs> so damage to the imagination from a very early age. I want to be financially independent, marry a doctor or a lawyer. Because realistic is not even you get to be that thing. It's you could marry that thing and then you would have what you want. So our ability to just dream gets, it's like a, it's a stick um, it just sort of keeps you in line. It's not a whip. For me, it wasn't. It was a stick. Just eh, da, 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 realistic. Eh, realistic. Eh, da, da, realistic. So when we talk about dream big versus playing small, we are taught to play small. And we are taught that even the size of our, our dreams, no matter how small they are, make it realistic, make it smaller, make it smaller, make it smaller. We are tricked out of our own dreams and desires. Period. So when you want something, I celebrate whatever the fuck you want because fantastic. And if you want something that's like unrealistic, even better. And the other part of what, uh, what beating up 
our imaginations and desires does is that it keeps you from just dreaming for dreaming's sake, because that's not realistic. And it keeps you from just imagining better futures, even if those futures are absolutely ridiculous. So for me, in my playing with like really trying to reclaim imagination and desire, bunch of things I desire that I'm just going to tell you right now. It's super fucking vulnerable. Desires. Um, I want a car that is mine. <laughs> I want a car for Bear so that I get to have my car during the week. Because um, we've been a one car household during pandemic, which is fine. And now it's not as much pandemic. I, mean, I want a fucking car. Period. I want, I want my car back. And I want him to have a car. Um, I want... At 9.45 every morning, because I start working at 10 a.m., for someone to just walk a wagon of puppies past me, I would take, like, 10 to 20, and they just stop and, like, cover me in puppy tsunami with hugs and kisses and love, and then, for, like, 20 minutes, and then they just keep on going. And I would like for those puppies to be perpetually puppies, so we don't have to worry about replacing them every two weeks. And I would like for those puppies to just be, like, magical, in some fashion, enchanted and just visit every fucking day. And they're the same size every day because those are the, that's, those are the puppies in the puppy wagon. I want to be able to roller skate in a ball gown throughout the streets of Ambler. Now, the unrealistic part of that is not the ball gown. It's the being good at roller skating. <laughs> to be very, very clear. I want to speak at events all over the world without any risk of COVID. I know. I know. It's not unrealistic. It's, it's completely unrealistic. I understand. I want to give speeches um, to crowds that are giving me standing ovations, again, without any risk of COVID. I want to be paid tremendously for those speeches because standing ovations are my favorite drug. I fucking love it. I want to not feel guilty when I need to decompress or when I need time away from people because I'm an introvert. I want the gathering to fill right the fuck up without my having to make any effort whatsoever. Again, unrealistic. I know, I know. And also I'm making effort at this moment because I'm talking to you about this thing that is inevitably going to circle back to the gathering, right? You know this, right? Um, I want to own a house without ever having to do any maintenance on it whatsoever. Like, I don't care if a single roof tile falls off. I like, I'm not, I'm not in fucking charge. You might be judging me for those things. You might be like, that's interesting. You might be like, ooh, that's not realistic. You might think that's too big. That's not big enough. There's the, We're taught, this is the other damage, we are taught to judge one another's desires, dreams, and imaginings. And we are taught to take them as some sort of like, if you get that, then I, then there's less for me. Like there's a, there's a, like a shitty pie out there where there are only eight slices. And if you take three slices, then I have less access to the pie instead of like imagination is an infinite resource. If we don't just beat it out of ourselves and out of existence. So that's the damage to our needs, to our wants, to our desires, to our ability to take up space. And then we shame ourselves for quote unquote playing small when that is exactly what we have been trained into. It would be like shaming a horse for having been trained to take a bit into its mouth and have a rider. Well, you, we fucking did that. You can't shame that horse for not being wild and untamed. And then it's much more difficult to have the horse access that wild, untamed part of itself than it would have been if we had never bothered fucking conditioning it in the first place. 
So the, the scope of my work at this moment in time and in pandemic slash endemic is I want to help undo the damage that we have been sort of beaten and forced into, that we have to be selfless, that we have to be uh, without needs, that we do not rock the boat, that we don't have desires, that our imaginations keep it fairly small. Don't wish for three lattes, wish, wish for you know a coffee maker so you can make that at home. That even the smallest desire can still be made smaller. Fuck that noise. I'm over that. That's damage and I want to undo damage. And the first thing I have to do, which is what I'm actively doing right now, just relentlessly and beautifully and gorgeously, is finding those tendencies in myself and flushing them out and flushing them out and flushing them out. I get bigger so that I can help other people get bigger. That's how it works for me. And that's where the dare comes in because it's easy to be compassionate with other people's damage because you understand that it is at some level their fault and at some level not their fault at all. If someone hits you with a stick every day and says, stop dreaming, eventually you stop dreaming. If they say, be realistic, be realistic, be realistic, be realistic, eventually, whether you like it or not, be realistic becomes your mantra. And I'm tired of realistic. I'm tired of we can only look at the circumstances in front of us and go from there. We somehow are not allowed to imagine new circumstances, new ways of being, new structures, new information architecture, new connection points, new societal fabric, new connective tissue. No, 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 darling. Dream smaller, dream smaller, dream smaller. That's what I've been trained into. And I'm fucking sick of it. And I hope that you are fucking sick of it too. And if you have a vagina and these things were never taught to you, then it is your job to teach other people because my God, you are lucky. I don't know how you managed to avoid it. I don't know how you managed to avoid that you still have a full imagination, full set of desires, full set of needs, full set of taking up space, no set of shoulds in your brain, no set of unrealistic, perfectionistic tendencies that you have to live up to. How did you do it? Fucking tell me everything. Truly, 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 I need to learn from you if that is the case. But I suspect that because this is so insidious and it's born into us and it's, it's born into our mothers and our mother's mothers and our mother's mothers, that that is not the case. So let's get the fuck freer together, which is where we come to the dare. Now, I fucking love Brene Brown with all of my heart. You know this, hopefully. If you don't know that, who the fuck doesn't love Brene Brown? The dare is here. This is a bell hooks quote that she shared uh, at some point recently. Brene shared bell hooks quote, when education is the practice of freedom, students are not the only ones who are asked to share, to confess. Engaged pedagogy does not seek simply to empower students. Any classroom that employs a holistic model of learning will also be a place where teachers grow and are empowered by the process. That empowerment cannot happen if we refuse to be vulnerable while encouraging students to take risks. End quote. And again, bell hooks. Brene Brown was just the person who shared it, and I happened to catch it. The dare is to make education the practice of freedom. Holy shit, yes. And the practice of freedom, it's not freedom itself, it's not fucking Braveheart, it's not guns and whatever the fuck, or however we picture freedom in the United States, it's usually just ranting online with guns and Jesus and freedom. 
that's the order guns jesus freedom it changes depending on where you are in the country might be freedom jesus guns might be jesus freedom guns might be guns freedom jesus it it, it, it changes but all three of those are just built into american culture i'm not talking about american freedom which is a fucked up version of freedom that ultimately in many ways just allows white supremacy to have its way with everyone I'm talking about education as the practice of freedom is a space where we can practice being free and where it's safe to do that practicing, where we admit this is the thing that's wrong. This is the thing that's hard. This is the thing I'm struggling with. This is the thing that's working. This is the thing that isn't working. And we get back in the practice of freedom. We get back freedom of imagination, freedom of having needs, freedom of having desires, freedom of saying absolutely not. I do not want that freedom of un taming and rewilding ourselves at the deepest societal levels so that we then have freedom to connect, freedom to grow, freedom to be honest. And we have a pretty level playing field because if I am, I love that they're using the word confess, that bell hooks use the word confess in there. And that I started the confession series weeks before I had found this quote for that reason. I love that there is this element of, I will be as vulnerable as I can possibly be and then use that vulnerability to facilitate your ability to access your own vulnerability and your growth. And I will do it in such a way that everyone feels more connected to first to yourself and then to each other. And that's how the whole fucking thing works. I can't think of a better way to spend my time or days or energy in the coming months because without the societal fabric that makes it feel like we are not all alone, we're in real trouble. As humans, if you're expected that your life is something you do alone and that you share intermittently with the internet, often in social media, which is ultimately a performance space, then you're going to lose a lot of your soul in the process. And for whatever reason, I'm here for soul. I'm not here for so many of the things that other people appear to be here for. My juice is in soul. If I can talk to you in such a fashion that I see your soul, yes, I am filled up. I am sustained. It is good. It is beautiful. So as I imagine you being drawn to the gathering, even though it's scary, and even though you might not feel worthy, and even though you might feel like, oh, Jesus, I am too far gone, and even though there might be all sorts of other things that you think are in the way, there's this call that I'm really trying to put out here, which is, do you want to get freer? Do you want to engage in education as the practice of freedom? Do you want to have spaces to practice desire, practice having needs, practice saying no, practice eliminating your shoulds, practice saying whatever it is you need to say, even if it's completely unrelated to the rest of what's going on, you just need to fucking say this thing, then just say it. Because what I found is that when we, even when we're showing up on Zoom for whatever class we're taking, we're often showing up with a facade of some kind, right? There's a cute little background. We have our makeup on. We look perky as fuck. We look like nothing's wrong. And I want to create a facade-free zone where we're allowed to show up exactly as we are. And that showing up is both rewarded and expected, that to show up with a facade is the failure. And I'm not talking about like, you want to wear makeup, fine. But the facade that we 
as humans put on in order to engage with others and that we have like expanded because of pandemic to show well to hide all of the cracks that we have in our lives what if we just begin with we all have cracks i mean butt cracks yes but also like we all have spaces that have really deteriorated during pandemic i don't know a single human soul who hasn't had great loss during pandemic and that's loss and that's that can be as simple and as terrible as loss of imagination loss of belief loss of ambition loss of time to yourself loss of ability to focus loss of ability to believe in something larger or greater or higher than yourself there is loss upon loss upon loss upon loss upon loss and the loss of the societal connective tissue of being able to see faces if it's as simple as that or of being able to meet up with people in person and breathe the same air. There's this sort of great like reset button that I'm trying to make, which is the gathering, which is let's go out there and begin to figure out what our lives look like now. Because the truth is we really don't know. They don't, they're not the same as they were in March of 2020. And we get the chance to reshape them in ways that we choose. And it's easier to do the reshaping and reworking in the company of others than to do it all by yourself. Even if the instinct is that you can do it all by yourself because that is also damage. Because no human has ever done it all by themselves. Period. Forever and ever. No human has ever done life all by themselves. It's not possible. First off, you had to be delivered here by a human. So it's already over. It's already over for you. A human shaped you and, and, and pushed you out or you were cut out of that human. You already didn't do it by yourself. So this idea that we need to do everything by ourselves, that again is damage to our imagination, damage to our needs, and it keeps us small because we can't do it all by ourselves. Period. It doesn't matter who you are. I understand the instinct. My God, I understand the instinct. And you can't. You just can't. So the freedom to engage in exploring all of these places where things have gotten sort of stuck, hurt, discombobulated, reformulated, twisted, they're weird. And then we begin the process of undoing them. And it's not an overnight thing. And it's a lifelong practice. But we begin, we make a beginning, and we do it together. And we do it in a way that is as lighthearted as I could possibly make it. Um, my business coach says that I'm really good at making the shitty parts of life fun meaning that I'm willing to articulate them and find the humor in them. If there's any humor or ridiculousness to be found, then let's find it together because we have lost so much. And the last thing I want us to lose is each other for any longer a period of time. So if this resonated with you, if the damage that I'm articulating, you're like, mm-hmm, 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 then let's undo that shit. Let's start that process. And that is at thegathering.work thegathering.work. And if you're like, I don't have time for that shit, but I might have time for that shit later, then email me. I'll start a wait list because I understand that times are weird. K at kristenkelp.com. If you have a response to that and you're like, I want to tell someone about what I think about this podcast, then just tell me, K at kristenkelp.com. If you've had some insight, some revelation, some joyful thing, some 
regaining of those aspects that have been damaged. So you're dreaming bigger. Your imagination is ridiculous. You want to own a herd of unicorns and ride them to the moon. Um, fantastic. I personally would like to have a set of dragons that I ride to the grocery store. No, I don't take care of them. They're just, they're just my grocery store dragons because I hate going to the grocery store. But if I could ride dragons to the grocery store, that'd be badass. And people would be like, what are you doing? I'd be like, uh, I'm, I'm picking up my groceries. I'm going back home. Like what? What is there to look at here? These are just my dragons. <laughs> there is a silliness and a delightfulness in imagination that is simply being lost. Because it's being trained out of us. No, no, no. Be realistic. No, no, no. Be realistic. No, no, no. Be realistic. Fuck realism for just a moment or a series of moments or a few days or weeks. We've got to reclaim the places that have actively and purposefully been damaged and we can do that by engaging in education as the practice of freedom. And I can do that by being like, listen, this is my heart of hearts. This is all I got. This is where I am. I'm undoing and, and working so much. And I invite you to do the same along with me in a way in which we rebuild connective tissue. And we start here right now. We don't just wait for the perfect time, the perfect opportunity, the perfect day, the perfect weather, the perfect moment. And we show up facade-free as ourselves. And then you get loved as yourself instead of as some perfect version of you in which you're hiding most of who you are. It's pretty dope to be loved in a facade-free way. And I invite you to see what that's like. So thegathering.work registration closes May 6th. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving a fuck about what I have to say. I understand that you have Roughly 17 billion options for your education and entertainment needs. May you experience the places in which your imagination has been damaged without any shame on your part. May you find ways to express and to articulate your needs, your desires, and your wants. Again, without any shame or guilt. May you own your imagination and may it give you so much joy because ultimately no one can be in there except you and your imagination. So play with it. See what happens. See where you're going and then tell me about it. May you find ways to rebuild the connective tissue that gets you back to yourself, to your soul and to each other, to humans to society, to whatever we call society now, the fabric of humans living together in a world and making things. May you get exactly what you need from your life each day. May it delight you. May it thrill you. May it excite and inspire you. May you not give in to the steady drumbeat of cynicism that says whatever and rolls its eyes at me. I get that part. I understand that. And also, may you tell that part to fuck off. Because you deserve to be deeply connected to yourself and others. You deserve to dream bigger. You deserve to dream wildly. You deserve I don't know, a team of dragons that takes you to the grocery store is pretty okay with me. I mean, we might have a dragon overpopulation problem, but until that happens, let's go for it. May you simply refuse to be anyone but yourself. And may you find that that refusal to be anyone but yourself is exactly 
the medicine needed to reveal the world to you in beautiful, beautiful ways. Thank you so fucking much for listening. I love you. Hopefully I'll hear from you, kakristenkelp.com. And um, I'll see you next week. Addendum confession. I fucked up. In this episode, I said something to the effect of trans kids didn't exist when I was a kid. Obviously, that's not true. What I meant was that growing up in the 80s, whether or not you were trans was not recognized. Because if you had a vagina, you were being socialized as female with no regard for your insides, your feelings, your rights, your intuitions, your instincts, or your experiences. There was no other option. So the words that I'm looking for, which were provided by a lovely listener, Emily, are, the words are, experienced socialization meant for women. So regardless of where you are now, there is harm that is done when you experience socialization meant for women. And that's the work of undoing that we're beginning to do in the gathering. So thank you to Emily for giving me the magic phrase that speaks to exactly to who I'm trying to reach without erasing anyone's experiences or feelings or circumstances of surviving as a trans person in this world or non-binary or any of the, regardless of what it is, what I'm trying to say, if you experienced socialization meant for women as a child, you're who the gathering is for. I'm sorry that in trying to open up, open up space for more experiences, I got really fucking clunky and I did the exact opposite. I'm really sorry for that. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format. One gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now. And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.